Hello and welcome to this episode of the Changing Mentality podcast. This is a podcast run by male university students and supported by the charity Student Minds that aims at discussing and tackling some of the topics that surround men's mental health. I'm Billy and I'm a postgraduate student at the University of Manchester, studying an MSc in Science Communication. On this episode, our guest speaker is Charlie Newhall, a recent graduate from the University of Sheffield and ex-club captain for the university's first rugby team, and also my brother. Today, we're going to be chatting about mental health and sport and exploring some of the interactions between mental health and masculinity. An important note before we start, neither me or Charlie are counsellors or mental health professionals. Rather, we're both male university students who've experienced what it's like to be a man at university and some of the challenges that have come along with it. So let's get into it. Welcome to the podcast, Charlie. Do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? What did you study at university and what kind of stuff did you get involved in while you were there? Yeah, of course. So um, I'm 22 years old and I've just graduated from the University of Sheffield, uh, where I studied mechanical engineering with biomechanics. And I was there for four years. And during my time there, my main sort of extracurricular activity, I suppose you'd call it, is, is was rugby. I was part of the rugby club and I held various committee positions including club captain and welfare and inclusion secretary and I was also the charity and volunteering coordinator for Sport Sheffield so that basically involved just being the guy who was organising a lot of the outreach and, uh, and fundraising efforts for all the, all the sports clubs at university. Obviously I know that long list of boasts already as I mentioned in the <laughs> You are my brother. So today we're going to be talking a bit about sport. Um, I'm not a sporty person in the slightest. I used to do rugby for a few years and gave that up very quickly. But you, on the other hand, um, as you said, you've done a lot of stuff to do with sport. So yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about. So my first question for you is what we've seen a lot recently is mental health and specifically men's mental health. It's been getting quite a lot of attention in the media. Do you feel like this is something that you saw at uni? Uh, yeah, no, definitely. I think it's it is a really current topic and it's something that people seem to be really enthusiastic to rally around, especially in recent years. Conversation just seems to be getting bigger and bigger, which is really good. I think a lot of it's come from the top with sports people beginning to speak out and talk about their own experiences. And it sort of has a, a trickle down effect in terms of what I saw at university. I mean, I'm sure you saw it in Leeds as well. And it's pretty much ubiquitous across the country now that every rugby club and most sports teams across the country do a Movember every November, which is, a, well, you guys can't see it behind the, uh, behind the <laughs> screen, but I'm sporting a filthy moustache at the minute, raising money for the Movember charity, um, which just seems to be growing and growing again every year. And they raise loads of money for men's mental health, um, as well as other men's health issues. And that's, you know, that's, that's been a really good way to sort of start the conversation. And I think for a lot of people, the Movember campaign is one of the first ways they sort of engage with campaigning for men's mental health and raising awareness and that kind of thing. I don't know whether you'd agree with that, whether it was similar at Leeds. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is just so like a correlation that I've noticed. A lot of like guys who do sport tend to do Movember. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of rugby guys, football guys. And yeah, it's, it's a nice change to see actually with like this huge cohort of people suddenly going all for it with them, campaigning and raising money for men's mental health men at the top of sport coming in and um, speaking out a lot. I recently watched Freddie Flintoff. He did a uh, documentary about um, his struggle with um, an eating disorder, which is something it's it's so inspiring to see. I think these like big sports figures, because 
in a lot of sports, men are depicted as these very masculine figures. Um, they're, they're very strong. Yeah, he talks a lot in it. Um, I'd really recommend watching it. He talks a lot about um, this kind of front that he puts up. But yeah, it's yeah really nice to kind of see those those things coming out. I, I mean, as I say, that has such a trickle down effect because people do take notice and people do listen to what elite sports people have to say. I mean, there's a reason that they're role models um, and they're just sort of starting to set a different sort of role model to follow in terms of promoting positive mental health and speaking out and that kind of thing. And it's, it is really, really important that elite sports people do continue to do that. If we just sort of bounce back to talking about what was going on at uni for me and how I sort of saw men's mental health in gaining attention. Um, so Sarah Morse, who was the sports officer in my third year at university, set up a, a campaign called Brovember which is a little bit of a rip-off, but basically centred... Definitely some copyright issues there. I think there might be, but all for a good cause. It basically sort of, rather than being a charity like um, Movember is, it was a sort of month-long campaign centred around men's mental health. And we put on loads of workshops about managing mental health, especially to do with sport. And I myself sat on a panel a bit like this one, discussing toxic masculinity and its role in sport and its role in sort of mental health and well-being and so that was a really positive thing that's come in at, at Sheffield really going beyond sort of the fundraising actually putting on events to actively promote uh, positive men's mental health and raising the conversation and talking about difficult subjects like masculinity especially so I, at the time I was the club captain of the rugby team stereotypically you probably couldn't find a much more toxic masculinity personified just as in terms of a concept having me going sitting on a just a i'm not toxic masculinity personified just to, <laughs> yeah, pick that up already don't yourself on too much <laughs> uh, yeah if you're going to pick that up already but um you know having people like that from you know rugby the rugby team and the hockey teams alongside academic university so psychology phd students sociology phd students so alongside us all having a big conversation about toxic masculinity there was a, a researcher on there who'd done her PhD. She'd spent three years following a semi-professional rugby club in Sheffield, documenting their behaviours and their sort of relationship with masculinity um, and how that sort of tied in with mental health and that kind of thing. She was incredible to talk to. It, it's nice to see these, um, these things coming off social media as well. When it comes to like Men's Mental Health Day in November, a lot of it takes place online, but it's, it's so nice to see this change of people in sport getting very involved in a very visible way and taking it to university campuses um, and directly to men that it could ultimately uh, benefit. A hundred percent. I think so much of this is student driven. I think as a generation, we're very much activists and as much as we'd like maybe universities to provide more than they do. And a lot of universities do provide really good mental health support, but that sort of proactive approach really does come from the students. And, and that's something I've massively noticed is that the student body as a whole, especially sports clubs, have been really good at pushing this mental health and this men's mental health conversation to the forefront of people's minds and really campaigning heavily to uh, to get that to the top of the conversation. And I mean, that's something that we did with, with, with the rugby team in my third year, the committee that I was on. And we really decided that that was going to be something that we focused on from the offset, creating an atmosphere within the club that was going to be really positive for everybody in there. So none of the classic cliche toxic masculinity really making sure that again from the top down like, like what I said before from the committee from the offset we said you know we need to make sure that we're being as inclusive and as welcoming as possible to make sure that everyone in our club feels welcome and the club can be a positive place to come and play rugby and talk to friends and 
really exercise those things which are really good for your mental health so I think and, and so many of the clubs at university did that and it's really really positive to see so many clubs ensuring that that what they can be is excellent places to benefit your your mental health and and yeah I think that's excellent. Yes I think it's a great place as well to find large groups of men in a very comfortable setting to be able to address an issue like mental health having you know that group that uh, people are very confident in um, with people that they can maybe talk to more comfortably than a stranger and then helping them to be proactive you know talking to them about what services they want what um, things they want maybe what stuff they're struggling with I think sports and sports teams have proven for a lot of people uh, a great great support net um, and a great place to start with uh, if you are struggling a great place to start with looking for some support yeah and on like a similar thing what you know what do you think sport can offer to men in regards to their like mental health and well-being for me is it's massive it's probably the single biggest factor in my life surrounding my well-being i i can't speak for everybody but from personal experience as an outlet for for myself it is just like unmatched you get the chance to so i see my mates like obviously as a rugby player it's a team sport so when i go to training when i go to a match I get to see my friends, I get that sort of release of aggression and frustration. I mean, you get that burst of endorphins after doing something, uh, after doing any sort of exercise. It's kind of like a, um, it's like a double whammy almost. You get the, the benefits from the endorphins and actually getting out and doing some exercise. And then if you're doing a team sport as well, you get um, the added benefit of, you know, socialising with a group of people, making some really good friends. And I hate to use the word again, but another, a support network around you which, I mean, it must be so valuable coming to uni, maybe in first year and finding a group with shared interests and shared experiences um, within sport. A hundred percent. I think that was the great thing about joining the rugby club and joining any sports club as a, a first year at university. There's so much anxiety and stress around finding the right friends and are you going to fit in? Are you going to find people that you like? And instantly for me, and a load of my friends, you don't turn up to rugby training and you find this group of people who are, as you say, common interests and really get on with all of them. And it's just such a relief to find people so easily that are so accepted and so well matched with you. And, and as you say, I know overused phrase, but it is a support network and it's a support network of people who are on the complete same wavelength as you are. And you can go to rugby training or hockey training, netball training, trampoline and whatever sport it is you can go there in the first week at university and you can meet people who are going to be welcoming and accepting and share a common interest with you and I don't think there's really many other things which offer that. Yeah it's, it's definitely something I do wish looking back on it now as a postgraduate and fourth year coming to uni in first year it is something I do wish I maybe got involved with a little bit more. Like I said earlier I've never, I've never been one for sport I'm not much of a team player when it comes to stuff like rugby and football and I lack the motivation to do a uh, would you call it an individual sport? Yeah, yeah, an individual sport, yeah, solo sport, individual sport. Do you think that men maybe face extra pressures in regards to mental health and their well-being in general because they are men? A lot of stuff we've seen recently is about destigmatizing mental health for men and some of the things uh, and associations that come along with it. So from a kind of sports perspective, uh, what do you think about that? Well, uh, from, from a more general perspective, I think there is, of course, that sort of traditional role of like what it means to be a man. You know, the traditional role of being the breadwinner, sort of steely and emotionally impenetrable, an old fashioned view of what a man should be, which, you know, I think you have to recognise that as a society that was ingrained for hundreds and hundreds of years before this. And it's only been the last sort of 50 or so years. 
people have begun to recognize that actually maybe that's not the best way for things to happen it's not the best way for things to be and so it's still in terms of like social history it's so relatively new for this challenging of you know what it means to be a man and masculinity and so i think there is that there is still that pressure although so much work has been done to destigmatize as you say there is still so much pressure to be that strong man who doesn't struggle with anything and just gets on with it and that combined with you know the classic british steely attitude where you can just carry on kind of thing so i think that is tough and, and there is that sort of ingrained idea to just sort of bottle any issues and just get on with it because you're a bloke and that's what you're supposed to do and so much good work is being done to destigmatize but it is definitely still there and, and in sport i think it is definitely still present i mean as much as i talk really really highly of, of the rugby team at Sheffield there's many many clubs and sports around the country where that's it's not quite as inclusive and accepting there is still that toxic masculinity the balance isn't it? it's there's that great support network that we spoke about earlier um, and then there are also you know some more deeper challenges come along with it with uni culture you know you've got the party binge drinking lifestyle which a lot of students are definitely um used to and gravitate towards i'm smiling because this does not apply to me in the slightest i probably not me. indulge in that kind of uni lifestyle but yeah no yeah it's a really interesting point it's i think it is something hard for students to navigate coming to uni some things you know maybe their personal struggles coming into a very masculine context and then having those stigmas and those attitudes that they've grown up with around what it is like to be a man and then maybe finding it harder when it comes to talking about your mental health and well-being to kind of communicate that uh, within those circles yeah and I think I think we need like it's so much to do with your upbringing and your people around you when you're growing up because I think we were very lucky in our family to be brought up in a way that we probably don't feel those those pressures of masculinity and being a man in, in a way that a lot of people probably do and I think it's important to recognise that, you know, until everybody is educated and everything's completely destigmatised, that's still going to exist for quite a long time. It's not going to disappear within two or three years from a few mental health campaigns. You know, it's going to take a long time to to, to completely destigmatise that because it is so ingrained in, you know, our parents and their grandparents. And it's a generational thing. Yeah. Do you think that... Um looking after mental health and well-being um, is a skill maybe kind of like something in like a sport that you could be taught I think it's it's a skill in as much as you know looking after your physical health is a skill the thing about playing rugby you know what not to do to avoid breaking a bone or hitting your head or you know you know what not to do to catch COVID you know you've got to wash your hands and you've got to stay inside and wear a mask and all that kind of thing and you're taught about it you're taught how to best protect your your mental health don't go around licking bin lids because you know it's going to make you ill but you know sometimes <laughs> you can't sometimes you can't avoid it and you do get ill anyway or you break a bone or whatever you have an accident but having the knowledge reduces the chance of getting ill and in the same way i guess it's kind of similar with mental health so you can be taught the skills like not bottling up your emotions um and being taught how to deal with your anxieties and manage stress then you can massively improve your chances of having good mental health yeah, that's a very good point. Well, it's just it's something I find interesting um, looking back at coming to uni in first year, and this is completely outside of a sports context, but in hindsight, being able to look after my own mental health and well-being is something I'd always think of as like a skill that I learned through uni. I'm, you know, at a place now where I'm very good at being able to like manage my anxieties and my mental health, but that's come from a vigorous, vigorous trial and error process 
so I yeah I just I'm very interested to know if it's something that we should be maybe being taught earlier something that we should be proactively doing um, in the same way you might train for I don't know train go to like a rugby training session to get better at rugby training yourself and opening up these opportunities uh, to allow yourself to be better equipped to deal with your well-being oh I mean 100% so I mean what you just described there is the equivalent of running out onto a rugby pitch with a bunch of 120 kilogram blokes having no idea how to play rugby you're going to get absolutely battered and eventually you might figure out how to how to play and how to get through it but it's not the best way to do it as you say if you take a proactive approach and you, and you train yourself in rugby or in managing your mental health then it's a much much better experience I'm sure you'd probably agree or rather would you agree that it would have been much better if you'd not had to learn on the go if you'd have been taught how to deal with it beforehand oh absolutely yeah I mean hindsight is twenty twenty. yeah it's yeah I, it's I mean it's a difficult question I'm not sure there's an answer to it uh, but it is an interesting interesting way to kind of frame thinking about mental health um, especially in this discussion to do with sport so yeah, is, is there anything else you wanted to add uh, to this discussion about sport and mental health? Anything that you saw at uni, which you thought was a really good thing in regards to men and mental health? Well, let me think. So, I mean, I could talk for days and days about how good the Sheffield University Rugby Club was, just in terms of the, the changes that were made. When we started in my first year, it was more towards that classic traditional stereotype of a rugby club which is not a good place for fostering positive mental health in an inclusive atmosphere and it's not a good support network and having that that change in just like two years which just came from a sort of collective effort from the whole club showed really how quickly something can go from the classic rugby stereotype to a really really positive support network and that's just grown and grown and grown in the years since I you know since I've been gone it continues to be to be growing and it just shows all it takes is one person or one group of people to actually say we don't like how this is going or we think we should talk about this it just takes one group of people and actually you tend to find that that people who didn't speak up actually were waiting for somebody to or waiting for somebody to make the change because nobody is going to campaign against positive mental health and no one's going to campaign against men's mental health especially in sports teams everyone's fighting for the same thing and so Really, I, I think I, I'm, a, I'm personally a big champion of if you have good mental health yourself and if you're in a position to be able to do something like that, then be the example that's going to help your friendship group and your support network be a positive one. Make your friendship group open and accepting by, you know, making yourself vulnerable and making people feel like they can also make themselves vulnerable and speak about things which are making them uneasy. Be the one to invite people for coffee or to ask if they're okay. And don't just sit back and be complacent in your mental health being okay. Be proactive and be that change that you, you know, or be that person that's setting the example. Again, it comes back to that sort of top-down thing. You know, all it takes is for one person to speak out and say something and change something. And the whole thing just unravels and it's just a bit of a domino effect. Fantastic. So my final question for you is, do you have any top tips for looking after yourself at uni? What kind of proactive things did you do when you were at uni to look after your own well-being or just anything that you think is useful for students? Join a sports team or a club or activity. It doesn't have to be a sports team. It could be an activity. It could be sewing club for all that matters. But find a group of friends, a group of people that you have a common interest with and do it with them and stick with it. If you don't like it, 
find a new one. At Sheffield alone, I think there's something like 56 different club sports. There's over 100 different sports outside of club sport. There's thousands of different activities you can do, thousands of different clubs. There's going to be one out there for everybody. It's such a perfect way to get yourself settled, find a group of friends and just releases so many of those early anxieties that you have about joining university. I always found it really good to keep busy, find ways to give back. So working on committees or doing charity and volunteering work. Again, like we said, going back to the drinking culture and the sort of binge drinking culture at university. If you find it is affecting your mental health, then don't just go along with it for the sake of it. I've known people who have been really affected by drinking and that sort of peer pressure to engage in that at university and it can be really negative for some people's mental health and it's important to recognize that that needs to be something that needs to be cut out if it is negatively affecting you don't continue going out binge drinking if you're feeling rubbish for days and days afterwards it's just it's just not worth it and you know there is no right or wrong, wrong way to do university and there's going to be really tough moments as always everyone's going to mess up at some point so don't beat yourself up and if it's rubbish you can have a cry and call your mum and eat a bucket of ice cream and that's okay i, I do actually recall in first year doing exactly that to you <laughs> yeah no yeah you did you absolutely did yeah i was having a, i was having a bit of a tough time when i first came to uni and i cried down the phone to you and i yes i did go back and eat some ice cream i remember it fondly it's exactly what you said university is a fantastic opportunity especially looking at societies and sports teams and it links very well to what my top tip was going to be. If you are feeling overwhelmed, just don't be afraid to try something new. There's all these opportunities out there. We've done this episode on talking a lot about sport, but I'm not a sporty person. What I've taken up recently is embroidery, which to me is a sport. It's a way of me practicing a new skill, clocking out of all the stresses of university and just trying something new to kind of try and cl clock off at the end of the day. So yeah, just try something new and just see how it goes. You, you've got nothing to lose by trying something new. And that is my top tip. Just have to put out a warning there as well that embroidery can be dangerous and injuries are possible, as Billy found out. I did injure myself last week embroidering. I gave myself a repetitive strain injury. So although it's not a sport, you can get sport injuries from it. Who knew? Career-threatening <laughs> injury, that. Exactly. <laughs> right, well, Charlie, thank you so much for joining us this week you've given some great insights and yeah thank you very much thank you very much for having me on bill thanks for listening this has been the changing mentality podcast created with support from student minds and funding from comic relief if after today's episode you would like to seek further help for managing and dealing with your own or a friend's mental well-being here's a few places to go. The website studentspace.org.uk offers a great range of resources on mental health and wellbeing. Also, studentsagainstdepression.org and the Student Minds website under the Find Support tab. For more immediate support, you can call the Samaritans on 116 123 or Hopeline UK on 0800 068 4141, which is a confidential service specifically for young people that can offer you support in a crisis. Finally, check out some of the services provided to you by your university, such as counselling, mental health advisors and student advice centres. Thank you again for listening and I hope to see you again on the podcast. Bye!